Riggles clear. Might just get the chip, and he does. He scores! Oh, oh what a great pass! In this week's episode, we welcome to the show returning guest Andy Cameron. I'm joined with Tom Brogan and Simon Weir for part two. Enjoy. Okay, let's. So we're going to move on to the Phil Thompson, my soccer world. So just quickly, briefly on this one. He says that the way things are developing in Spain, the World Cup is likely to be won or lost on a free kick. From what he's seen so far, every team is specialising on set pieces. Now, remind me, this this was a, was a New Zealand game, the one that we did that pushing? Yeah. Um, right, and then obviously sport. against Brazil, there was a there was a free yeah. kick or two there. So uh, you know, you spotting the money there. Ah, the sequel one. Yeah. In the Bill game, Alan, Alan uh, Ross got a great story about it. He says that the ball, Zico took it, a rocket, you know, and it came off the bar, mm. and Socrates ran in and headed it, and Ruff got turned the header around the post for the corner. And they're lining up for the corner and Socrates says, what a save that was, you know. Fantastico. <laughs> Big Ruff said, I was actually going for the first one. But <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that is the team. That's, the, that, that's what made me fall in love with football, was that Brazil 82 team. Every single one of them was like movie stars. Yeah, well, the, the, the 71 was a great team as well, Simon. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. beat Italy 4-1 in the final. Absolutely. Um, and Pele was magnificent. And uh, Carlos Alberto, right yep. back. Casino and all of them. Uh, yeah. And I, Testal. And, uh, yeah. Oh, and terrific. And then, if you want to get further back, I, I saw uh, the European Cup final 1970, 1960. And you had the... Uh, oh, yeah. Well, Real Madrid beat Eintracht Frankfurt mm. uh, 7-3. And Eintracht Frankfurt had beaten Rangers 12-4 in aggregate over the two oh. games. Mm-hmm. And they had players like Santa Maria uh, and Hento, Puskas and Di Stefano. Yeah. Uh, Di Stefano was a magnificent player. And to see them, to see them at Hamden Park, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was kind of like the, the Zidane, uh, one of that generation, but, really, right. you know, when he but came. They, just, he scored a goal, yeah. Yeah, the, just the best of the best of the best. The see, see the 1960 European final. Mm. The, the strange thing I remember about it was that there was, there was the Hamden Road was always famous. Yeah, it didn't appear that night because Real Madrid and Eintracht were so good. They played such pure football that they were applauded. There was no wow. Road. They were applauded. All you could hear was clapping. It was yeah. Here's a que- here's a question about that final because it, it seems every man and his dog went went to that <laughs> final. But yeah. how yeah. how yeah. many Eintracht Frankfurt and Real Madrid fans were there, or was it just really really just Scottish lot, people? Yeah, well, I, I, all I could see was bonnets, and I don't think the Spaniards and the Germans wore bonnets <laughs> at that time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean there was a hundred was it hundred and twenty thousand or something? Right. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, and well, it was just a, it was a how can I put it, it was an exhibition. Mm. It was yeah, 
total football then, wasn't it? Yeah. Aye. But uh-huh. was that was that a regular thing with the the top the European competitions and things like when they went to different countries? It would be mostly fans from that country that went. I would yeah. say, well, I think Celtic and Rangers had good travelling supports. Mm. I, couldn't, mm. I couldn't mention any of the rest of them. I, I don't, I don't really know. Yeah. Uh, I just, yeah, it's just uh, we keep saying that football has changed, but so has uh, following football changed. Yeah, oh. totally changed. Yeah. There's a thing that really annoys me. If if you go to uh, like so Rangers go to Pataudry if I don't get a seat in the stand I don't go because see in the terrace there's seats mm. but they don't sit in them mm. they stand up yeah. everywhere mm. you go they're standing up in spite of the seats yeah. mm-hmm. and I, I've never understood that you know it's okay when you're 6 feet 5 but no when you're <laughs> like me 5 feet 6 it's... <laughs> we'll get you down the front <laughs> uh, exactly yeah. the Excuse boys you still get uh, the boys gate well, exactly. Oh, I still get lifted out. You still lifted in my turnstile. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. He's a young. There was a guy at Dan's Park one day. I've never seen a guy as big as this in my life. Right. And I says, do me a favour. I says, could you stand up my bike? I says, okay. He says, come here. And he stuck me in his top pocket. So you can see <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Lilliput. <laughs> yes. There you go. Yeah. So, so here's here's some um, some lovely strips to look at. The result, oh, the result, not the best. This was um, England versus Scotland, a one 0 victory to England. Um, but yeah, classic kits, uh, some cracking players yeah. there as well. I so was, I was at this game. I think I must have been as well. David Neary's and and that's uh, Ray Wilkins. I thought Ray Wilkins, so. Yeah, and Graham yeah. Soonish behind them by the looks of it. Trevor Brookin yeah. and George Burley there. Yeah. Um, a couple on. Yeah, there's Soonis and it was, Keegan. It was, it, was, it was a Paul Mariner goal. It was a header. And I remember before he died, he just died last year, I think. Yeah. And uh, I tweeted him one day, I said, you broke my heart. He put this up. He put one of these pictures right. up. From the goal. I mean, that was my first Scotland game. You broke my heart. One and he, he kept in touch. He was great. He, right. he was, he was Given, yeah. 
And then in the background, yep. listen, in the background, my first thought was that was Paul McStay, but would that have been too early for Paul McStay? Or would he have play, played there? My second thought is maybe it's George <laughs> Burley as well. Sorry, what was that, Andy? I don't think uh, Paul McStay played with Joe Jordan. Right. I mean, Paul McStay was probably no. still playing in the Schoolboy International back then. Well, I think it was, yeah, I think <laughs> it was the before his debut, Scotland debut. It was around about then. Yeah. No, I wonder who that is. I remember Paul McStay playing in that game when they played Saudi Arabia, the under 16s. And the Scotland team were all waving to their mummies and daddies. The Saudi Arabians were all waving to their wains. <laughs> exactly. They said something like, it was this, like it was, um, only an excuse or something at the time said, or. or uh, it was, uh, oh, and is this going to be something for the Saudi Arabians to tell their grandchildren about when they phoned them after the game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all guys with beards, remember that? That's <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Now, Simon, I, I do think that's George Burley. If we go if we go back, yeah, it's George Burley yeah. there on the left. Um, so I think that's maybe him there as well. Yeah, um, I think the one that could be, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I get I mean, but just iconic kits, the Scotland one, that, that shiny um, shiny one with the piping down the arms, brilliant. And again, we, we, we spoke about this um, the other night as well, just looking at the crowd. Nowadays, that, that would be a sea of football yeah, shirts. Yeah, shirts, yeah. Whereas back then, people just they'd yeah. maybe wear a scarf right. or a, a bonnet or something, but they would just uh, wear their normal uh, clothes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It was a great atmosphere there. Listen, we, we, we've done a focus on Andy Cameron before, but I thought we would just um, have a wee chat. What's happening with with yourself, Andy? What are you up to at the moment? Well, I'm in the process of moving into a new house. Uh, we got the keys last week. Move in next week. Um, it's just it's about oh, two or three miles away in Jackton. We just got married. Oh, yeah, I know Jackton. Yeah. You're moving into this college. They finally got you, have they? You know what? You know the police call it. Still right across yeah. the road. And we're actually, well, uh, Spencer, my son, and his uh, family, they're coming home a fortnight today from Dubai, and then really? they're coming home on the twenty-third. So there'll be eleven of us under one roof, and I'm really looking forward to it. You know, because I, I don't see them that often. There. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Oh, that's that's it. Aye, mm. that'd be great. Is that for Christmas? Aye, for Christmas, Brilliant. yeah. Excellent. Uh, and I, I don't, I'm basically retired. Yeah. Um, in terms of coming up, have you not got a gig coming up? A live gig, something. Twenty eighth of January. And yes. The, uh, and the, the what do you call it, the Gate Air? And yeah, I did, yeah. And I'm, I've got a dinner next week in Liverpool, uh, Crown Plaza in Liverpool next Wednesday. Uh, and I'm doing a thing for. Um, Duncan Coulthard, David Coulthard's father, yeah, uh, 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 Castle Douglas, down in the south of Scotland. But th- that's the day after it, you know, uh, and then that's me finished for Christmas. But it's getting to the stage now, I'm, you know, uh, you just you want to have a quiet life, you know. Yeah. I've got a dog that takes me out to walk every now and again, which is good. <laughs> And don't worry, we'll we'll keep calling you up as well. There's other worlds. Oh, well, yeah, I sent it. I put it on Twitter the other day to all the Pantoland uh, yeah. artists. Keep you know, break a leg, 
uh, because the, the joy that Pantos bring to kids is fantastic. I, I loved I loved doing the Pantos. It wasn't easy. It was hard work. But, you know, there was some. There was a period in every season of Panto that for two weeks you did three shows a day, and yeah. it so that was it was hard going because you were going on your third show at night and you were doing a line. You went, "Have I done that already?" You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But of course, of course, you still, I, I still never forgive you for terrifying me. I think one of my first pantomime I think I ever was taken to, you were on with uh -huh. the, the skeleton guys that ran into the audience. That were at the end. And then you came on in a half Celtic and half Rangers top. I actually, you would yeah. turn side to side and half the audience would boo, the other half would clap. Yeah. It brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. You can get away with that, Simon. I used yeah. to do, I used to do the names at the end, you know. Yeah. Got a, the mother, the UCM Union of Catholic Mothers, right? Uh -huh. And I, I used to say, right, if those of you who are no mothers, if you come in after the show, we'll see what we can do for you. You know, there was one night, there was a Union of Catholic Mothers right at the back of the stalls, there was about five or six rows of them. Where are you? And they'll go, oh, and I said, and, and we'll get the Orange Lodge from Bell's Hill. I said, where are you? And they were exactly just out there. <laughs> The passage, right? I said, right, both of you, both of you stand up. So they all stand up. And I said, the orange, orange laws, I said, turn right. The Catholic mothers, turn left. And they did it, and I went, right, charge. <laughs> <laughs> it, things like that worked. But I don't think they do things like that now, you know. It's a different connection, I think, now with the audience as well. And, it's, and it does get very commercial and things, but ultimately, I love it as well. Panto is just oh, I really, I, 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 Panto, Panto is the the just the business, isn't it? Aye, it's, 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 kids love it. They just oh, love God. it. There was it's, a but I did a thing with one with Jimmy Logan and the Kings, and there was a guy. Oh Christ, where am I? <laughs> His name's there somewhere. But, but this this guy was six feet six, right? Uh, oh, kill kill Duff. K-I-L-D-A-F-F. -F. He was well known in Pantos for playing the giant, you know, and and, and yeah. the body. And there was a bit in it where he, said, he had to grab me. I was daft Wally. I, I thought I was getting away with it, and he creep up at my back. You know, the user, he's behind you. And I'm going, no, where is he? Next thing, he grabs my collar, and he throws me about. And I says to him, look, what do I do with this? He says, uh -huh. what you do is, he says, you go limp. Just... Yeah. Let yourself go, right? And he's thrown me about the place. And suddenly, Uri Elliot's voice comes to the stalls. You leave my daddy alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that dad didn't appear again with a taxi and grab him up against the wall. Exactly. <laughs> You've always been protected, Andy. Always. Protected. I always right. You know, Jimmy Logan and guys like that, uh, yeah. who've done a million pantos. It was great to work with them, you know. I'll bet, yeah. Have you yeah. have you got anything lined up, Simon? Panto wise? Yeah, a couple of things, couple of things coming out. Uh I got a, a wee award today, I got a best actor award for a, well done. a horror film that's gone down Northwest Horror Fest. So I should be picking that up in April. Well mm -hmm. done, Simon. I always said uh, and I'm no uh, buttering you up or then I always said you you've got a great future. Uh <laughs> and I I'd like to see you in a a, a Hollywood movie because I think you could handle that. Well, especially what you left, you, you learned over me in High Road. Exactly. Is that, I mean, interesting you say, you know, you used to go limp. 
because you used to go limp quite a lot with me and Vindarek as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, I'm a way going limp. <laughs> Just call me Kildav. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, uh, what's her name? She played my wife. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Libby. Yeah. Aye. Senga. Senga. And she had to slap me. <clears throat> and, and she said to you turn? I said, no, I says, because of the sound, I says, I'll hear it. You know, you go to let me hear it. I said, just slap me right in the face. Well, fuff. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> couldn't hear for about three weeks after it. <clears throat> she didn't miss me, I'll tell you. Yeah. It was great fun on that high road, didn't it? it was Wasn't it just? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, still see, I still see big... Uh, Big Alan, okay, so I think he's doing an Aberdeen panel. He's up Aberdeen doing panel, yeah. Ah, yeah, I thought so, yeah. Yes, I still kind of be in, keep in touch with, with a lot of them as well. So, yeah, it was, yeah. It, was, it, it was just great. It was great. It was great working with you all those years as well. well you know? Great well, fun. Well, but unfortunately, Celtic weren't very good then, and Rangers uh-huh. were. So, I missed when we started to win everything, Pyro got cancelled, and I, I would have had you. I would have had you at that point. Listen, you got away with that. It's breaking up. It's time that it's breaking up. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, know, how, yeah. I don't know how the fuck that's going yeah. to at all. You, know? you are my Larson. By <laughs> 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 Henrik Larson. <laughs> Different days. It was great though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was with the oh, it's magic. magic. Aye, aye. <laughs> and we had Gordon Brown, the Partick Thistle in the middle, just to keep us apart, eh? I did. I did a thing for him. Uh, yeah. No January. January before. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, for his his, his wee daughter's uh, yeah. character, and it was uh, just a joy to see him again. The boy. It's uh, in High Road. Winston plays Winston. What's his name? Uh, uh, and still game. Aye. Paul Riley. Paul Riley. Yeah. Uh, big Celtic man, and well, sitting talking. I, I was having a. I got a bottle of water mm-hmm. and he says I remember you in the pavilion and I says oh you know did you come and see the show he says no he says I was a, a spotlight guy is that yeah, right? I met him. yeah. and he, he says I've always wanted to be, and I think he's terrific and he's oh, he's, still, he was, he was a very you know uh, I remember him at the Arches Theatre Company sort of early 90s as well him and uh, uh, he was. He was just. It was a great company. He was. He was a great actor. They did great stuff. Yeah. I mean, like, again, that's another thing. Going back to the way Glasgow was, and looking back, that there was so many different theatre companies then, late eighties and nineties, and Aye. so many venues. There isn't that anymore. So for young no. actors, they no. all want to be in no. film and TV no. instead of going to learn it. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, just shows you. So, so Tom, we can't talk about the nineteen eighty two World Cup without yeah. you getting your new book out. Hey. Yeah, plug my book, yes. It's called oh. We Made Them Angry. Right, okay. Scotland at the 1982 World Cup. Brilliant. Spain. Oh, brilliant. Well done, Tom. Yeah. So if you want, do you want to talk a bit about that, Tom? About, yeah, you know, how it started and, you know, how how you, you got the information that was in Well, it was, it was my first World Cup. Um, first one I watched on, on, on the telly. So it was the first... Um, it's a World Cup. I sat down and uh, and watched with, with my dad, you know. So I've got a lot of good memories of it, despite the fact Scotland uh, showed me that this sort of heartache that was uh, that was going to be the oh, of course, standard. 
Set you up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, no, it was it was fun to uh, it was fun to uh, to research and and and, uh, and go back to. And I spoke to I didn't speak to any Scotland players, but I spoke to a couple of the New Zealand players. Yeah, oh, did you? Yeah, I uh, I spoke to um, David Begg, who commentated on it, and uh, Paddy yeah. Bartley, who, who, yeah. was, who was covering it for the Guardian. Um, but yeah, I so I, I really I really enjoyed sort of um, delving into it. It's such a great film. Title's brilliant, isn't it? Can I ask you something? Yes. Well, actually, Andy uh, said earlier that one of his dad's heroes was Charlie Tully. Simon, was it Larson be your hero? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. In my time, best best I've ever seen live. Lucky uh, Jimmy Miller was mine. So what about uh, Tom? Who would yours be? It's Kenny Dalglish. Without a doubt, it's Kenny Kenny Dalglish. My my first Scotland game is his 100th cap. Because ah, right? I, I wanted, I wanted to see Kenny before because I knew he was sort of coming to the end of his career, so I wanted mm-hmm. to actually see him in the flesh, you know. Aye, great. The presentation was a silver cap, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, with Beckenbauer uh, presented yeah. them. Yeah, she's. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll throw mine. I'll throw mine out. Jim Gallagher. I think we all know that Jim Gallagher's mine. Goalkeeper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> When you when you were over there, uh, Andy, I think you were spotted in the terrace with Dave Sexton and Sean Connery at one point. I was, aye, that's right, in '82. Aye, I was, yeah. Uh, uh, Dave Sexton uh, was well. He managed Manchester United, but he also played for Chelsea and managed Chelsea at one stage. And my old man, my brother, big Chelsea fans, you know. Why? Uh, it's just. It's amazing. Somebody takes your picture; they're not really aware. Of yeah, the impact it's going to have, you know. I, I just think uh, football is uh, the greatest sport in the world. But uh, at my age, I'm glad I can play golf. You know, and still be active with it. You know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But there's something walking football. You know. Mm. I think Rangers maybe win the league. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Going back to Panto, Andy, I was going to ask you, did you ever work with Stanley Baxter? No, I, I never worked with Stanley Baxter, but uh, I took my kids to see one of his pantomimes and I was disappointed because the kids fell asleep because right. it was a mannequin parade, right? Yeah. But if you took them to Ricky Fulton and Jack Moroy's pantos, they were fantastic. The whole place was an uproar, you know. Uh, and Stanley's still alive. Yeah. What a wonderful, absolutely wonderful uh, performer he is, you know, yeah. that was. And it's fantastic. But I, I never, I never, uh, did you ask me if I met him? If you worked with him, I if you worked No, him. I never worked with him, but I met him a couple of times. Yeah. I met him a few times. Um, and it, it's like, you know, the great Lex McLean was the guy that would encourage me to be a comic. Uh, and I, I never, I never saw, I never met Lex McLean. And, you know, in my life, and he died in about seventy-two. He a, a hemorrhage, I think. Uh-huh. And, and it's just you go back to all these guys. Uh, footballers look back, and the the footballers who give them the the drive to be a footballer. You know. Yeah. Uh, and it's the same with comics or singers. You know. Yeah. Um, I remember Sinatra doing a, an interview, and who would be the guy that you know. Mm. today well, he says he's a bit younger than me he says but he's got the best pipes I've ever heard so that was he was talking about 
Uh, we've forgotten who he was talking about. <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't Al Martino. It was, oh, it doesn't matter. It was one of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, come to me. See, all of a sudden, I'll shout out his name. <laughs> uh, in the morning. Phone uh, me later. Hello. By the way, it was... Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and, and when you think that Sinatra, one of the greatest entertainers of the 20th yeah. century, actually thinks that somebody else is a great singer. It's fantastic, you know. Mm-hmm. Victor Moore. You always, you always <laughs> do stand up and things as well, Andy. What, what was, when was the, the moment? moment when we, um, Victor Moan, just before I forget it. it was well Victor done. Moan. Well done. I don't have to take you to Copper Beach Nursing Home just yet. I'm resenting your space. Uh, I one more slip of the tongue, I'm taking you. I owned one of the homes about five or six years ago. And this weak woman was looking at me and I went, do you know who I am? She says, no, but if you ask the matron, she'll tell you. So, <laughs> so how you to be. What were you saying? What when you, what what was the moment you started when you started doing comedy? How did it go from being was it a part time thing to when was the moment where you actually went full time? What was that moment? Uh, what was your break that way? Well, let me tell you how I got started in uh, the first uh, the rather than Glen Cairn Club. I was uh, at a night there, right? And there was a, a lassie called Lee Anthony, who was a, a singer in a place called the, the Crazy Daisy in Sucky Holstey. And she was there as a term, right? So they, they put my name up to sing, and I went up and I, I started singing Delilah, mm-hmm. but I started too high. <laughs> so halfway through, I can't make it. And I, I said, I don't know where they came from, but I had all these gags in my head. Right? Uh-huh. And a guy came up to me afterwards, and he says, "Do you never think I get into clubs now? Working men's clubs were just burgeoning at that time." Yeah. And I said, "No, I couldn't do that." He said, "You did it tonight." You know, and I says, what are you talking about? He said, I could get you work. He says, that routine you did was terrific. And he gave me his phone number, and I phoned him on a Monday. He says, I'm having a, a showcase at Canvas Nathan Miners, which is just outside Wisher. Yeah. He said, if you come up, he said, if you do 15 minutes, he said, you might get some work at it, right? So I got, and I said, there was 15 acts on. And I says, am I, I going to last? He says, no, no. He says, I'll put you in third or fourth. Mm-hmm. I went on fourth and I did 25 minutes and I get 21 bookings at it. Wow. Uh, yeah, well, he phoned me the next day at home and he says, I've got 21 bookings for you. No, I, I thought he was like kidding. And that's how it started. But then, when you're doing all it, and I said, I, 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 I loved Hector Nickel. He would come yeah. on as a policewoman, you know. Aye. Oh, he says, I was out. Uh, two o'clock yesterday morning, he says, Nagorbos. He says, This woman come round the corner, a wee boy, a wee boy would only be four. She says, uh, What are you doing at this time in the morning? She says, I'm looking for my husband. My husband's disappeared. Oh, right. She takes a, <laughs> a pencil, right? What does it look like? She says, He's six feet four and he looks like Rock Hudson. And the wee boy says, My, ma, my daddy doesn't look like that. She says, Shut your mouth, he wants him back, right? <laughs> And that stuck with me with Hector. But the fact that he had dressed up as a, a policewoman, or else yeah. a traffic warden or something like that. So I get, yeah, I'll dress up as a football hooligan because that was quite uh, in the, the public eye at the time. And it just went like that. The next thing, uh, I, I did a tribute to Lex McLean in 1976 in the pavilion. 
and then I get my first panto. And for then, and then after Ali Tartan Army, I, I get the radio show, the 13 week series, yeah, uh, the BBC, which lasted 15 years. So, Amazing. and that's so I'm, I'm one of these people that, and I think everybody's like this to a certain extent, you get a turn, you've got to take it, yeah, you know, you don't. Yeah, 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 and when it's your turn to go, go, you know what I mean. Um, and did you then yeah. just build up an act then with that? So you must have been, you must have been almost that bomb bunkhouse that way, the way you, you kind of store jokes away and things, you know. So here, down or is that in the head? It's on the head. I don't write down any. You know, I, I just, it's a, I'm lucky I've got a, a, a reasonable memory, but uh, I, I was a point to the case of Jim Davison. I think Jim Davison's a fantastic comedian. His timing is perfect, you know. But now, all he talks about is politics. Yeah. It's forgotten comedy. And yeah. I, that, I go, no, I don't want to listen to him. I don't, I'm not interested in uh, Tories or whatever, you know. Uh, come on and be funny, you know. Yeah. And it was, it was funny. It was incredible. Uh, and, and there was all these great comics that were only comedians. Yeah. And I, I had, a, I had the pleasure of working with some Mick Miller, who oh, yeah, oh, yeah. A, a fantastic <laughs> comic, right? So, so then at that point, you, you you build up. How long are you doing? You're doing. Does it go from like you do ten minutes, fifteen minutes, and then you've got your headlining? No, first of all, Simon, you mm. had to do two spots. You know, right? You you you'd do a spot, and then the bingo would come on. Mm. They're top of the bill, the bingo. Yeah. That, yeah, and then you would come on and do the last twenty minutes or twenty five minutes, and and then because you get popular, uh, and you're you a big attraction in the clubs, uh-huh. you say, I I'll do an hour. That's it, you know. Right. Uh, but I would go and I've seen me. I, I did a, a club in uh, in Dalkeith uh, Dalkeith Miners. Mm. And I went on, and I said, they had they had it done up like a nightclub. It was fantastic, and they love comics. Some of them love singers. Some of them love comics. Yeah. You know, it's like that. And I, this was a comics club, and I went on, and it was one of these nights you could have clapped your fingers, and they would have laughed. You know, they were yeah. a great audience. And I, when I come off, the boy said, "Any idea how long you were on?" I said, "About an hour or something." He said, "An hour and fifty minutes you were on," and I wouldn't believe him. And then I, he says, "Look." Wow, but that the things like that happen, you know. There's, a, yeah. there's other nights you go in and you're not going for a minute. There you go. The rawhide nights, yeah. When I throw it to <laughs> the ground, time to go. Good evening, get back in It's like we, we Johnny Cash in the Yorkshire comic said. He says that's great. He says, come on. He says the the thing is with singers. He says I'll shout now. Oh, give us Ness and Dorman, I says, you know. And he says, they don't shout you singers, fuck off, I've heard it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. <laughs> and again, it was a different world, wasn't it? Because there was so many clubs at the time oh, as well. I, and I'll tell you, do you know one of the biggest things that I remember about it? You were actually, you kick under the cloud because there was a, a cloud of smoke. Everybody <laughs> smoked, you know? Yeah, and and it was like the committee men. Yeah. They, they were doing the pit. They were doing six, eight years, nine years doing the pit. 
yeah. And you come over and go, oh, that was brilliant. Jesus Christ, you, like, you had people laughing there for an hour. And you say, what is it you do yourself? Well, but the cold face in the morning's morning. You know, wow. yeah. and, you go, and I would be getting more <laughs> for that spot than he'd be getting for a week. Exactly. You know? Yeah. That's why when the minor site was on, I'd go through to Fife, you know, and do shows for them and maybe a, a midday and, and things like that, you know. Uh, and they, they, would, they never forget you for that, you know. That's why... I've been in every prison in Scotland doing mm. shows, right, you know. Uh, I'll never forget. I did Peter Reid. <laughs> Serious? I've got a bit of... I put my strip on and I'm right the tap and tap. And I found on the stage. Oh, here is all right, wee man. He's still running the sovereign bus in Rockland. <laughs> <laughs> and this was a group of guys that had gotten in jail for, you know, the troubles. Yeah. Oh, she's oh. oh, that guy. Yeah. It's a home crowd. It's eh? <laughs> a home crowd, now, right? home crowd. Not all oh. away games, Andy. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Look, I went to uh, Peter Head, the, the guy, John Milne was the assistant governor. Mm. And he he got transferred to Craig Inches in Aberdeen as a governor. So he phoned me one time after the radio show. He said, I see you in Aberdeen this year. I said, I, I was working, I'm doing a week with Jim McLeod and uh, Anne Lauren Gillis and His Majesty's. And he said, uh, Would you come and, and do a lunchtime for us? I said, No problem, you know. So I said, I'll come on a Thursday. So I turn up and I go, and this guy dives out the, the, the crowd and he said, yeah, about a paper, Mr. Cameron, Mr. Cameron, will you say that on your radio programme for my mommy? Oh. What's your name? George, George, that's okay. And I stuck it down the stone, football stone, right? Mm -hmm. And he sat down and that was fine. And afterwards, they gave you a cup of tea. And who comes in as a trustee? He served the tea, but George, right? Thanks very much for sitting I just somebody like finish up in prison. Yeah. So when I, out, I said to uh, Mr. Milne, I said, How does somebody like that finish up in Milne, uh, prison to join? He says, Well, he says, they get institutionalized, Andy. He says, They get 30 days for putting a brick through a window, right? Yeah. yeah. And at the end of 30 days, they go and they go to a phone box and they phone the fire brigade. There's a fire here and it comes up with no fire, it was me, another 30 mm. days. And they keep then that he says we we actually got him now I don't know if you remember this the Peter McCann model lodging house just off the Gallagher uh, what's the name now uh, uh, the back of Capital Street aye yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Little Dove Hill just at yeah. the top of Little Dove Hill and it was a fantastic new building it was terrific so they got him a room in there uh, because it was near his mother you know mm. uh, and they, they gave you a week's, a month's pay or whatever, and they give you a, a charity uh, ticket for a train. So yeah. they take him down and they put him on the train at uh, Aberdeen Station. See, and they come back and they're sitting having a cup of tea. And one of the warders says to uh, John Milne, uh, Nay, hey, me, George, thanks, it's away, you know, because it's. And phone rings, Mr. Milne must have thought, oh, yeah, yeah, that's me. Uh, no, no, he says, you can't have him. He says, yeah. he says, we just put him on a train for Aberdeen to Glasgow. He says, put the phone down. He says, he's pulled a communication cord that's Stonehaven. I went to the back to see Mr. Mill. 
Oh, uh, see? Yeah, you know, and it's just sad, sad stories like that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You look, at, you look at guys in there and you go, that could be me, you know? Mm. Just rang, break, rang. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Mm. People, are, people are a paycheck away from it as well at the moment. You know, Things yeah. are tough, yeah, yeah. And other guys, you know, there's a big guy, but he played the accordion, right? So I was talking to John Milne after an that particular occasion, and I says, "Well, what is he do? How, how's he in here?" He says, "Oh, he says he murdered his uh, his aunt and his uncle." What? He says he murdered his aunt and his uncle. He says when he was twenty six or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. You know, and I just left it at that. But mm -hmm. uh, wonder how the world works. That's how it works. Yeah. Exactly. A lot of mental illness at the time as well, and the, the, the you know, well, lock him up, you know, lock him up. Yeah, well, yeah. oh, that's a cheery end to that one. Yeah, I just wonder, <laughs> chance of getting my bed by the way. Listen, we'll we'll just do this last one if that's okay, Andy. It's the Tartan Talk yeah. with Ali Dawson. Um, oh. So Ali has bid farewell to some teammates recently as they either move on from Rangers or have finished their playing career there. And these include Sandy Jarden, Colin Jackson, Alex Miller, Tommy McLean and Tom Forsyth. He says yeah. that Jaws was a big softy at heart. He was always over at injured opponents asking if they were okay and helping them to their feet. But he doesn't uh -huh. mention that he probably put them there in the first place. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. would die. Tom, Tom Forsyth was one of the nicest guys you could ever meet. Lovely guy. Yeah. Can I tell you a story about Tom Forsyth? Absolutely. <clears throat> Tommy Docker, he says... Uh, Tom Forsyth and Martin Buckins comparing cart horse to uh, thoroughbred and they played England at uh, Hamden mm. and they had a great game and in the final minutes Mick Channing got the ball in the penalty box and Tom went in tackled him, took the ball cleanly and passed it out to whoever was outside right, I mean, never seen spoke about it all over the papers, a great thing and uh, Tommy Docker had made this statement so that Rangers we're flying to Vancouver hmm. the next day on one of these summer tour things after the season's finished. So John Gregg and Derek Johnson decided, right, we'll play it so they get the purser on the flight. Uh, see that, the, the speaker, can we speak to somebody? Like, aye, aye. Uh, <laughs> says, well, could you tell Derek Johnson that there's somebody on the phone uh, for him? No, Derek, Tom Forsyth. So yeah. we get Tom Forsyth down to the front of the, the cabin, right? And they're the next bit of the cabin. They're inside, you know, so that it can't be seen. Yeah. And Big Tom says, hello. And great, uh, Derek Jones says, good with voices. He says, hello. This is uh, Frank Clough from the Daily Mirror. Uh, what can I do for you? So I just wondered how you felt about Tommy Docherty's statement uh, comparing you with uh, Frank uh, Bucket. <laughs> As a, a, a crab horse. And he went, well, he's entitled to his opinion, you know. And he says, it's his opinion, I can't argue with him. And he, and he went, well, how did you get this number? Right? <laughs> <laughs> he said, well, if you look up the plane, you might see. So they've looked out and he went, ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> took four Rangers players to hold big time. <laughs> Greg, he says, everywhere we went in Vancouver, you had to watch because he was coming up at your back. Pouring drink, you know that for what you'd done to him. It was a obvious guy. 
He's, yeah. a, he's got a twin brother. Well, he had a twin. The twin uh, brother's still alive, John. Uh, right. He sat next to me uh, in the Rangers, the members club for years and years. And he was a quiet, really, really quiet guy. Yeah. yeah. So another play, player he mentions it's a quiet one as well was um, Alex Muller. He says he was, oh, he was quite a quiet one. Um, but with the world, the, but, he, but Alec, Alec Muller wouldn't swear, Andrew. No, right. You know how all the players swear. Mm. No, he mm. just said flipping heck all the time. <laughs> right. Aye, that, right. Was, that was his nickname, flipping heck. <laughs> but he, he mentioned that um, Tom Forsyth and Tommy McLean used to play bowls and they were known as Tom and Jerry. Which I, I, love, I love that. That's, that's a great, great name for them. <laughs> Tom and Jerry. Um, he talks about Sandy Jarden. He says, "What can I say about ja- about Sandy? Quite simply, he was one of the finest right backs I have ever seen. He had the skills of a midfielder and was an exciting sight when he roared into attack." Um, and on Colin Jackson, he says he was a great servant to Rangers who got on quietly with the job. He was an unselfish teammate and he helped Ali Ali Dawson enormously when he first came into the team. So, you know, some real nice tributes there from Ali Dawson yeah. to, to absolute mm-hmm. legends of the, the Rangers team. Or Scottish games, Ali never mind the Rangers team. Mm. Ali Dawson was an absolute gent, a lovely boy. Really, yeah. really, really sad when he, he, he passed away. He wasn't that old, I think he was about 60 or something. Mm. Wow. Mm. And he was, he was just a, a lovely guy. And all that team, like Jardin, Alec Miller. Uh, Alec Miller was stone mad for squash. I, I used to play squash with him, I mean... I was knackered, it kept me fit, I'll say that. Uh, and he's just a, an absolute gentleman, uh, Alec Miller. Uh, and, and by the way, a great record in football, not necessarily as a player, but as a coach. coach yeah, a European Cup badge with Liverpool. Yeah. I can't remember who, it was either, I think it was the French guy uh, who was the manager. Hulier. Hulier. Hulier, yeah. And he, they thought a lot of him down there, you know. Yeah. Okay, listen, Andy, thank you very much again for, for joining us for this. It's been an yeah. utter pleasure again. Um, so thank you Time very much. Perfect, by the way, Andy, that's me. I've got my milk run, so I'll just go and get a jacket on. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget the cold briquettes tonight, okay? Oh, the cold Nice one, Pelly. <laughs> no, listen, uh, great to see you, Simon. I do, pal. All the best. You too, Tom. Good luck. Yeah. Cheers, Andy. Take care, Andy. Cheers, Andy. Cheers. I'll get your phone. Cheers, Thank you. Cheers, Andy. Anytime you want your ears, your ears warm, it gives a shout. <laughs> Cheers, <laughs> mate. Nice to see you. All the best. Bye-bye. 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 Bye. Bye. Bye.